Hi there, and welcome to another edition of Magic Time, the podcast that is all things Moncton Magic. I'm Scott Squires, and pleased to be joined, as we typically are, on Magic Time by the head coach of the Moncton Magic. This is Joe Salerno. Good morning, Coach. Hey, good morning, Scott. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, sir. I guess I should ask, we always like to talk about uh, a little bit of weather-related issues, especially this time of year. Now, a couple of days ago, pretty big storm rolled through the area. I know here in Truro, we got snow, but then it got really mild kind of quickly, and most of the rain washed it away. There's been some issues with some road closures for flooding and things, but overall pretty good. But I've seen like Moncton, St. John, Fredericton, like people skating in the streets. Uh, How are you guys doing up there? Yeah, well, we're just starting to, to thaw out a, a little bit right now. Definitely some, some you know, kind of flash freezing going on. Uh, we got a lot of snow a couple of days ago uh, that did turn to rain, but then the temperatures dropped um, quite significantly and, and everything kind of froze over. So the roads have really kind of been a mess up here. Um, it's still fairly slippery out today, but I think it's, it's starting to thaw out now. The sun's out, uh, but a lot of snow. Still have a, a lot of snow uh, here right now. Any uh, of you or the players uh, skating through the drive-thru uh, at a local coffee establishment like I saw on some social media posts? <laughs> no, but we probably could have. We, we definitely probably could have. It's, it's been really slippery. I mean, uh, you know, we actually had to uh, cancel uh, some, some individual workouts on uh, on Monday, you know, which was tough after giving the guys the weekend off. Although, you know, having, uh, you know, two and a half kind of days off was, was, was needed, uh, certainly for our for our team right now. But uh, like I said, I think it, uh, it's clearing up now, and hopefully by this evening they'll, they'll be better. We're actually going to be, uh, myself and Elvin Mims and Mitch Rowe will be headed to St. John tonight to catch the uh, Riptide Sudbury 5 game. So hopefully uh, all the roads will be fine by then. A little bit of uh, scouting work for the coaching staff. Uh, kids got a couple of days off too, right? Yeah, probably a couple too many, <laughs> to be honest with you. They've, they've, uh, they've, they've been going a little crazy. And, and again, the roads have been so bad. We haven't really gotten out of the house a whole lot uh, as far as the kids go. Um, but yeah, they're back in school today. And, and uh, I think my wife was, was pleased with that, um, you know, but, but they're, they're having fun as always. Always do. Always fun to see them. Uh, and the other night uh, after the Island Storm game, there was a, a couple of fans of the broadcast that came up and were chatting to Dave Tingley and I, and I got a picture taken. And actually, Dave is going to take the picture, but uh, your wear of many hats, your uh, Renaissance man's son, Cam, uh, decided to take the picture. You did a good job, so a photo credit to Cam there on the photography coach. Yeah, he, you know, again, it's something he's been enjoying uh, for a while now. He actually had one of his pictures, uh, uh, an action shot that was actually taken by Cam. It was in the Time Transcript newspaper there a week or two ago. So he's got a copy of that. He's pretty proud of it. Uh, you know, definitely just one of his many hobbies. That is very cool. All right, so I referenced the Island Storm game uh, this past weekend. It was the first time that the Moncton Magic had gotten to see uh, some home cooking in quite some time. Uh, obviously, you're happy to come out with the win, 110-103, but how nice was it, Coach, for you and the team to finally get back and uh, to get to play a game on your home court? Yeah, it was great. <clears throat> it really was. I mean, like I said, we were able to actually have a few practices leading up to that game, which which just seemed almost out of the ordinary, uh, you know, based on the, the previous two weeks uh, with, with the holiday and the schedule. Um, but it was great. I mean, just being able to be back in our locker room and, and you know, having to shoot around at, at our place and watching some film in our locker room and, you know, felt like home. I know the guys were, were certainly excited to get back out there for a couple of our guys, actually four of our guys 
it was their first home game uh, at the Avenir Center, although they had been with us for a couple weeks. So definitely exciting. I know all the guys were, were pretty excited, and um, it was certainly good to, to come out with a win. Lots to talk about with uh, the off week that you guys have got this week, but we'll just go back to that game quickly. You referenced some of the guys getting their first chance to play on their home court of the Avenir Center, and certainly a couple of them from a play-by-play perspective uh, gave me a couple of great chances to make some calls. Uh, Joel and Dondo, and uh, certainly the high-flying Freddie McSwain Jr. How did those new guys kind of adapt to the home floor coach? Oh, they were great. Uh, they they were really, really good. I mean, Freddie's, you know, obviously it's his first action with the Magic, um, you know, coming off the bench and just doing what, what he does and what we expected him to do, you know, playing up above the rim and, and you know, finishing some exciting dunks and, and being a presence on the glass. Um, you know, that was his first pro game ever, right? I mean, he's a, he's a true rookie and, uh, you know, he really did a nice job coming in and, and just kind of fitting right into to what we're doing and, and bringing a little something extra to the table. Uh, with that type of athleticism, you know, that we've been lacking a, a little bit this season. Uh, so he was very good. And, and Joel Nadondo was, was outstanding. I mean, he was really, really good. I think that's probably one of his best games he's had as as a pro. Uh, I think he's another guy, you know, maybe a little similar to, to Wayne McCullough, where, you know, he, he's gotten a couple opportunities in this league, you know, obviously with the Riptide uh, last year and then in training camp with Cape Breton this year. And, you know, I'm not sure he ever really got – uh, a real true opportunity to, to play and and play significant minutes and to fill a, a legitimate role. And, uh, you know, he sh- certainly showed he was capable of, of doing that. He, he played exceptionally well the other night. And, you know, Joel's the type of guy who's just going to, he's just going to play his game. He's not going to try to do things out of his skill set. Um, you know, he accepts his role as, as, a, as a banger and a physical guy, yet he can finish around the rim a little bit. And, you know, I was just very, very happy for, for Joel and, and uh, very pleased with, with his play. He's a, he's a type of guy you just love to see do well because he comes to work every day. and You know, you'll never hear a complaint from him. And um, he's just a great team type guy. And when his number's called, he's ready to go. So, you know, he had a great game. And, and we're certainly, uh, you know, I think that instilled some confidence in him. Uh, certainly some confidence, you know, within our coaching staff about being able to go to, to Joel off the bench. So, you know, both those guys were, were great. And, you know, not to forget Duke Mundy, you know, that was obviously his first game at the Avenir Center uh, as well. You know, I think he had 12 points, eight assists, five, six rebounds. And, you know, he's kind of fulfilling that role of that kind of do everything type of guy that, that we need. So uh, all three of those guys were great. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, Marcus Lewis, had suffered a bit of an ankle sprain a couple of days prior, so he wasn't able to play. But uh, we'll, we'll look forward to seeing him in action this uh, this coming week. Yeah, Marcus Lewis, I had a great chance to chat with him prior to the game, uh, welcoming him to Moncton. He's a Chicago-area guy, like a former Moncton Magic player, Al Stewart. Marcus and I had a good chance to chat about Chicago and Chicago-style pizza. And the nice thing is, Coach, if I ever get a chance to go to Chicago, I think I might have a couple of really good tour guides in uh, Marcus Lewis and Al Stewart. So that's a good thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure those guys could show you around, and I'm sure Al Stewart could could show you some hot spots, you know, around around the town. Um, I'm sure he's no stranger to, to that. But no, Marcus is a is a good guy, and he's a very good player, um, you know. And we're certainly excited to have him. And uh, you know, he's quiet. He's a quiet guy. It's funny. I was just you know chatting with with Mike Story, our vice president, yesterday uh, at our office. And, you know, we have some really quiet guys on this team. <laughs> you know, Marcus Lewis, 
Jason Calise, Joel, Adondo, Freddie McSwain, you know, these guys are extremely quiet guys, nice guys that just don't talk an awful lot. It really is quite the difference uh, from what you would have maybe seen last year with guys like Al Stewart and, and Anthony Cox and Jeremy Williams. And uh, But good guys, you know, to boot, all of them are great. But uh, it really is pretty funny uh, how quiet <laughs> our locker room or a bus can be just because they're, they're kind of quiet guys. The quiet, cerebral Moncton magic. What made the Chicago connection with Al Stewart and Marcus Lewis, there's a, a Washington, D.C., Maryland connection as well with uh, Corey Almond and Isaiah Tate. And those two guys became pretty excellent distributors of the ball to a couple of the new guys in that game against the Storm. And I'm thinking of one alley-oop from uh, Corey Almond to the high-flying Freddie McSwain Jr. for a nice alley-oop dunk, but also a great look on the Joel and Dondo big dunk that he had late in the game on a great feed inside, just a, a fastball of a dish from Isaiah Tate. What did you like about what some of the other guys did? I mean, you know, you mentioned Duke Mundy, but it was really impressive to see some of the ball distribution from guys like Isaiah Tate and Corey Allman, who typically can shoot it from the outside. Yeah, it was. I mean, you know, to be honest with you, the, the entire second half, I mean, that game changed for us at halftime. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, games may change midway through a quarter or after a timeout. But, you know, at halftime, we really talked about we need to play our tempo, you know, our tempo against this Island Storm team. And, you know, with the Island, if you get into a track meet with them and you're comfortable just trading baskets back and forth, they're going to stay in a lot of games. Um but if you really execute in the half court and slow the game down and, and make those guys defend multiple actions, and um, you know, I think that could play into our favor. And, and that's really what we did in that second half. And I think you saw some of that from guys like Corey and, and Isaiah. Just off, just really solid execution offensively that got us really great looks and, and quite a few dunks. So um, you know, everybody contributed, and, and it was nice to see some kind of new chemistry forming. You know, I think McSwain caught caught two lobs. You know, one from Duke and one from from Corey, and uh, that's that's just a you know kind of result of guys starting to understand each other's game and what each each teammate's capable of doing, uh, and that comes with the practice time. You know, that we were kind of lacking during that Ontario trip. So, uh, no, overall was was very pleased with the game, and certainly in the second half. And it was interesting, you know, Corey Allman hard to you know, keep coming up with superlatives to talk about him. But, you know, I've kind of nicknamed him the general this year just because of his leadership on the court, certainly, but really off the court. But that lob that he had to uh, Freddie McSwain Jr., it was so impressive because he was fed the ball off to the wing a little bit, and it looked to be set up for one of his patented long-distance three balls, but he had the presence of mind to spot Freddie McSwain Jr. kind of flying in up the middle, and then he did lob him that ball up. I know we, again, we, we can almost run out of things to say about Corey Allman, but what does a play like that say to you about the type of generalship that he has on the court and his court vision? Because I was ready to call the three, and then the next thing he's lobbing it up to Freddie McSwain Jr. Yeah, well, I mean, again, I think it goes back to, to you know, guys starting to get a feel for each other. And, you know, I mean, Corey has seen what, what Freddie's capable of doing in, in practice. Um, you know, he know, he knows he's a guy who can go up and, and catch passes around the rim and, and finish really high percentage shots. So, you know, I think it was it was a great play by Corey. And, you know, again, him just recognizing what, what's best for our team at that exact moment. Um, you know, Corey, 
you know, he's knocked down many of those pull-up threes in transition over his career, but, but obviously the correct play was to make that pass to Freddie. And, you know, I think a play like that also shows that, that, you know, our teammates are starting to trust each other again. And, and that's something that might have, we might have lost a little bit, you know, with all the player turnover and, and not having the practice time. And, you know, we found some times where guys were trying to do a little too much on their own. You know, four or five games ago, Corey may have, may have taken that shot. Not that it was a bad shot, uh, or not that he, you know, he just felt that was the, the right play to make and he was really entrusting in himself where we're now, you know, he was trusting his teammate to, to make a big play. Um, so I think, I think all that is, is us kind of finding our identity again, building some chemistry with some new pieces. And obviously, uh, you know, Corey Allman has a significant role uh, in that process. And it was funny. I was talking to Freddie McSwain Jr. after the game because I'm just getting to know these new guys as well. And I said, man, I said, listen, great game. Thanks for the couple of highlight uh, plays for the play-by-play guy to call. And I said, you know, I, I, I was trying to come up with something to say, and I, I think I called you Flight 35 has taken off or was, or was off the runway or whatever it was I said. And he looked at his jersey and goes, oh, yeah, he goes, I'm 35. He goes, but my hashtag is 21pilot. So he's got a real big following on social media, both on Twitter and Instagram. And his hashtag that he uses all the time is hashtag 21pilot. He's at McSwain underscore junior 21. So, Coach, uh, is there a potential for a jersey change here for Freddie McSwain to maybe pick up the 21? <laughs> Yeah, possibly. I mean, I know that that was his number. He's always wore 21, uh, you know, wherever he's been. Uh, you know, unfortunately for us, our, our, our jerseys, obviously, they're, they're custom made and custom ordered. And, um, you know, they take four to five weeks, you know, to get here. <laughs> and obviously, with, with, you know, how quickly player transactions can happen, we, we didn't have a number 21 in stock, right? We had a 35. And, and uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I'm not sure if... Uh, I tried telling Freddie before the game, you know, there was a great player, one of the, maybe the greatest players ever, you know, in the NBA, who's, who was uh, cut a little short. I mean, Reggie Lewis, um, you know, I think wore 35 and, and, you know, it was funny. He didn't really know who he was, but uh, anyway, flight 35 works for me, uh, seems to have worked for, for Freddie pretty well in game one. So I think we're going to stick with the three, five for a little while. Well, it, it definitely works for me. And, and regardless of the number, that young man can get some air under him for sure. You talked about it on the podcast last week before we had seen him in game action. You said he had his jump, and he sure does. Let's get an update, Gocha, if you could. I know it's kind of been a mash unit walking wounded for the Moncton Magic. First and foremost, you know, the the injury, a fairly significant one in terms of timeout for Billy White. But uh, update on Billy White and the rest of the guys who are suffering some bumps and bruises. Yeah, no, no, positive, positive updates, uh, really on, on the injury front, which is great. Cause I, it feels like, you know, we've, we've been waiting for that for a little while. Uh, but Billy actually had, uh, his cast removed, uh, yesterday morning. Um, and he's actually been able to, you know, he's been cleared to start, you know, kind of lightly practicing today. So, um, you know, he's been out about three weeks, you know, he's missed the last seven games. Um, you know, he's just chomping at the bit, you know, to kind of get back out there. He's obviously been very supportive you know, of his teammates, um, during his time out. So, you know, we're certainly excited to, to see him back in, in practice today and we'll certainly take things slow, you know, over the next couple of days. Um, he probably won't see his first live action practicing probably until Sunday would be my guess Sunday, Monday. Uh, but we'll see how it goes. You know, we, we've been patient with this wrist injury. Uh, you know, Billy is a huge part of, of our team and our success. So we certainly, you know, for us, the most important thing for, for Billy 
uh, is to finish the last quarter of the season strong and, and obviously be 100% tip-top shape come the postseason. Um, but I, I fully expect him to be in the lineup uh, on Tuesday uh, against St. John, and, and you know we'll, we'll see how the wrist feels, you know, uh, after three, four, five days of, of practice. Uh, but but it's certainly a positive note uh, for for Billy. Um, you know, as far as the rest of the injuries goes, Marcus Lewis has uh, been able to start practicing. You know, yesterday. Uh, he's still a little, a little ginger, a little sore on that that ankle, but again, I, I don't expect him to miss any more games uh, with that injury, having this this time off. And then, you know, Denzel is really the last guy who, uh, you know, he certainly was not a hundred percent in that in that game against the Storm. You could see it on, on how he moved. You know, he just didn't have the normal lift that he had when it came to rebounding and, and the quickness defending. Um, you know, he's a tough kid, and he, he certainly tried to give us everything he could. Uh, but you can tell he just wasn't his normal self. So we've been pretty cautious with Denzel. He had about three days off uh, following that game. He, he lightly started getting back into some stuff yesterday, but we're certainly being cautious with that because, again, Denzel's a huge part of what we do. Uh, but I feel he should be back there pretty much 100% come Tuesday. And I know Eddie Azamoa has been coming along pretty good, but concussions are just one of those things that can be so tricky. No real timeline. It all depends on the person and the circumstance. Uh, what can you tell us in terms of how uh, Eddie's progressing? No, Eddie, Eddie's good. Eddie, Eddie's good to go. He's been back live practicing. Uh, he cleared his concussion protocol probably four or five, four or five days ago or so. Um, you know, So he's back to, to live action, live practice. He was actually eligible to play there uh, on uh, – uh, against the island the other night, you know, he just he just didn't find his way into the rotation that that game. Uh, but Eddie's Eddie's feeling well, doing well. You know, he's passed all of his all of his testing, uh, so Eddie's back to to good old Eddie, and uh, you know, practicing hard every day. So, you know, he's uh, he's fully recovered and, and ready to go if needed. Always good news. I know that uh, you got some limited time today, as you've obviously got a busy life of a professional coach, and you're going up to St. John today to do a little pre scouting, but. Uh, a big stretch of practice time from your last game on the weekend until your next game, which is next Tuesday. So roughly about 12 days. What are some things that you're really keen on, keying in on uh, during these days of practice, Coach? Yeah, I mean for us, a number one has been has been rest and recovery, and, and we've certainly kind of handled that these first three or four days. Um, you know, following our last game. You know, next is, is like I said, it's almost treated like a, a mini training camp again. You know, we've really gotten back to basic bare bone fundamentals defensively, you know, as far as how we want to play, um, you know, that, and, and that was our identity. So I talk about, you know, finding our identity again and, and playing with that type of confidence and that swag on the, on the defensive end, that all starts with getting back to, to our basics, you know, things that we went over the first two, three weeks of the season, uh, stuff that we were hammering on every day, you know, we're, we're getting back to that this week because we have the, the time to do that. Um, so, I mean, that, that's been the real focus, you know, I think offensively things have been coming along pretty, pretty nicely. I think we're playing at a pretty high level. We've been scoring the basketball, you know, at a higher rate, uh, we've been getting more shot attempts per game, which means we're playing at a little bit of a quicker tempo. Um, so I've been pleased there. We're just continuing to try to improve uh, on that front, but really getting back to, to defensive, you know, concepts, fundamentals, and, and really the, the style of defense that we want to play. Uh, which we lost. We lost in the shuffle a little bit. So that that's really been the focus this week and will continue to be the focus, uh, you know, as we prepare for a couple of big games this coming week. 
Well, Coach, as always, I really appreciate you taking time out of your very busy schedule to join us on Magic Time. Uh, safe travels up to St. John to watch that Riptide game, and then we'll look forward to seeing you back at the Avenir Center next Tuesday, January 29th, for a tilt against those very same St. John Riptide. Thanks for doing this again, Coach. Okay, Scott. Thanks for having me on. We'll, we'll see you Tuesday. Take care. That's Coach Joe Salerno of the Moncton Magic. Big thank you to Coach, as always, for taking time. He's uh, always very accommodating uh, with me and presenting himself to the Magic Time uh, and the podcast for all of the fans. I know the fans enjoy listening to it. So, again, big thanks to Coach Joe Salerno. want to remind you that our presenting sponsor for Magic Time is St. Louis Bar and Grill. Two locations in New Brunswick in the Moncton-Dieppe area. So check those fine folks out. Great food, great staff, super friendly people, and delicious beverages as well. It's always nice to have a frosty beverage at St. Louis Bar and Grill. Again, locations in Moncton and Dieppe. Make sure you visit them. And right now, they've got a promotion going on where if you go into either the Moncton or Dieppe location and make a $5 donation in support of the Friends of the Moncton Hospital, you will get a coupon for an appetizer with the purchase of a beverage. So again, always great things being done for and around the community by St. Louis Bar and Grill Moncton and Dieppe. And you can visit them on Facebook, St. Louis Bar and Grill NB. Thanks very much for listening, friends. This has been Magic Time. Till next time, remember, if you can't take part in sport, be a good one anyway. Bye for now.